So anyway, live update. Yeah. Um, so I started listening to Ned's Classified Pop Podcast Survival Guide this week. Um, I've been seeing the clips on TikTok and they're so funny. And it's Ned, Moe's, and Cookie from the show doing like they're rewatching, but they're <laughs> the funny thing is is they, they are like us. They get so distracted that maybe like 10 minutes total of the hour episode is them actually discussing the episode they're recapping (laughs) and then they get off on tangents which they're talking about stuff that was going on at the time or actors that were in the show they're talking about related stuff to the show but they're so funny Mm -hmm. um it's really fun to see them grown up the guy who played ned Devin, he looks so good Oh really? He's I need to rewatch. So I need to rewatch Ned's Declassified. Like, he has like ice blue eyes. <gasps> oh, so attractive. And obviously, like Moe's, I'm um, I'm acquainted with this age, with her age being this now because she was on Pretty Little Liars. So I'm acquainted with this age of Moe's, but she's so funny. And I guess there's an episode at some point where she talks about her time on Pretty Little Liars. So I'm excited to see what that was about. But apparently her and Devin, who played Ned, dated in real life. And I didn't know that. But they're, I mean, they're just friends now. But they dated at one point, And I'm like, I had no idea this was going on. I remember watching Ned's Declassified every time after school. It was like my favorite thing to watch. They wanted to make a a, um, college survival guide and it never got greenlit. Oh, that would have been so funny. The cast wanted to create a college survival guide. And it was going to be right when I was in college. Because they, that was my age group. Like, I'm the same age as them. And so, they were going to create it right when I was entering college. And that would have been so good. And then they wanted to make an adult survival guide. The college one would have been so funny. So many people would have related to that. It would have been amazing. College is something else it would have been so good so i've started like rewatching the show with the episodes so that's been fun um we had thanksgiving this week <laughs> shout out to the fam <laughs> um i put on there to talk about the video oh so hallie posted it on her instagram uh tiktok and instagram so go watch below. it so go watch that um it is me and carly there's having an argument about which is you know Typical. Nothing new. The typical. Um, not a real argument. Like, it's not angry. It was a, du- it was a it was, dumb argument. It was Carly telling me. So, Carly and I are two years apart. And her saying that when we were kids, we didn't play hide and seek fair because we hid where she couldn't find us. Let that sink in. And so, I looked at her and I said, that's the plot of hide and seek. <laughs> So, it's a funny video. Go, go watch, watch the video. If There's... you want to know what mine and Carly's dynamic is like, go watch that video. Exactly. I have so many more videos of them just arguing or just saying the random stuff. Technically, there's two videos that I took at Thanksgiving. The first one is when Carmen lost yet again at pool. I redeemed myself. So, not this Thanksgiving, but the previous Thanksgiving. Carly never plays pool. Never plays pool. She's never done it. And... Well, she's played before. But she's not played with before, us, not at Thanksgiving, but not much. Let's, let's let's do a preface here. We play pool in Mimi's basement every single year after after we are done eating. All the grandkids go downstairs and play pool. Okay, 
Continue. Oh. And hello. So usually a lot of the times if Carly didn't play, it would be me, you, and Chase. Mm-hmm. Well, Chase wasn't there last year. So Carly decided to play. And she claims she's not good at it. Well, Carmen, the reigning champion at that time, was ultimately defeated by my sister. And I don't know about reigning champion. Chase is the reigning champion. But of the people that were present. Yes. And I took a video last year where Carmen, it's on my TikTok if you want to go find it, of Carmen laying in the basement floor, hugging her pool stick quoting she doesn't even go here she doesn't even play it was a thanksgiving miracle yeah or a tragedy and so then i decided well i'm gonna film again next year after the game ends and carly won the first game again and i have a video of carmen going to her knees and doing the hunger games symbol with three fingers and then we played another game off camera, and Carmen redeemed herself. So yeah, I did win that. However, you're at that point. You were the reigning champion. I am the reigning champion of scratching. So Callie's very good at scratching. <laughs> like not on purpose. Callie's very good at it. Yeah. To be fair, I think what lost me the first game is I did have one go in, but I scratched with it, and so it had to come back out. So then I was upset. So you I were think off. that. I think that is what ruined it. But yeah, if you oh, want to go see that video, go find my TikTok and my Instagram. It's it's a fun time. Yes. Um. So I also got to wrap some presents this weekend. All the presents that I'm buying are done. All I have to do now is get gift cards and then I'm done Christmas shopping. What made it even easier is that me, Emily, Sydney, Carly, and Hallie decided that we're all going to go out to eat this year instead of buy presents. And that made my Christmas shopping so much easier. Oh, yeah. We it's, need to figure out when we're doing that. Yeah, because... It's probably just never going to happen. Well, honestly, it we doesn't... We can bring you takeout. If we if we have to do it after your surgery, we can bring takeout to the house. That's true. Or we could, if I'm healed up enough and I'm able to walk. Because here's the thing. I'm not completely crippled. I'll be on crutches. at, And so I can technically go if it's accessible. I may just... I'll have to sit on the edge. But, but yeah, we'll figure it out. out. It's going to happen at some point. (laughs) Yes. So I got all my presents wrapped. So that's done. I got all my Christmas cards done. So all I have to do is be paired with gift cards and then we're done. Um, and then mom and I did go shopping on Black Friday, which we thought was going to be a crazy idea, but honestly, it's not what it used to be. No. There was not that many people out and about because Black Friday sales are like all month now. And so, like, it just wasn't hey, Yeah, we went, into, we went into Hollister when I went and bought those sweaters. And they had their Black Friday deals going on. And here's the thing. Black Friday is not the same. There's not people getting in fistfights over a TV. It's, no, it's, it's not, the same. not the same. Which I never went out on Black Friday when it was that crazy. No. Plus, there's um, online shopping. Yeah. So, and you can get Black Friday deals online now. And mm-hmm. that was never a thing. Um, so... Um, we went to TJ Maxx and Barnes and Noble and of course. at home, which is a home goods store. Um, I didn't buy anything there. And we went to Costco. Um, I got a new Christmas pillow, which Hallie is sitting on. Um, and then I got some small claw clips because 
I said last week I got the Rachel haircut and big claw clips don't I don't have enough hair. So I know. I went and got some small claw clips. Um, they were on sale at TJ Maxx. And then I got Barbara Streisand's new book, um, which is a memoir. I'm very excited about that one. So excited. It was on sale at Costco, so I got it. Um, I got the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes Barnes & Noble edition, which has the discussion questions in the back. Um, so now I have at least two copies of each of the books in the Hunger Games series. <laughs> it's a problem. Um, I got the Inheritance Games Barnes & Noble Special Edition, which is gorgeous. It's so pretty. Um, and it also has discussion questions and a bonus epilogue. And then I got My Fault and Your Fault by Mercedes Ron. Um, I cannot wait for Culpa Mia 2. And so I went and got the books so I could read the first one and read the second one so I know what's going to happen. And then... I got the, um, it's one big book, and it's the complete novels of Jane Austen, which we've said on this podcast before, I have multiple copies of multiple Jane Austen books, <laughs> so I had to get it. I had to get it. It was on sale at Costco. Um, and then I got some drawer organizers for my bathroom, and we went to eat at Olive Garden, which is my favorite restaurant, so. No surprise here. That was a good time. Um, I tried to buy the cheese grater. They were out, and they told me that the people who the company that like supplies the cheese graters is out of stock. So like, Olive Garden has not been able to get in their own cheese graters because of the one TikTok that made it go viral. Um, we we're gonna try to get one. I'm still gonna try. I guess they sell them at Target because she said not even Target has them, and so I guess they sell them at Target. Um, I didn't even know this was a thing. I was gonna look on Amazon and see if I could find them. Um, because I really wanted to get it for my dad for Christmas. Um, thought that would be fun. So, still gonna look. I have to go back up sometime before Christmas and get a gift card for somebody um, from a restaurant. And so, I might call around to the two Olive Gardens in the area and see if they have them. Um, I have a reel on my Instagram. Oh, no. Going Mayhem. <laughs> you know that thing's up to like... Almost 14,000 likes. Wait, really? Yes, and 85 comments. I was at 720 followers a week ago. I'm at 785. It's going viral. I don't know what I did. So I've, I've made people... You've made a controversial opinion. I have made a controversial Instagram reel. So the reel is... um, It says something along the lines of like, when you can't simp for presidents young president snow because your love for PETA runs too deep but yet you um are in love you've been in love with young Voldemort and the darkling with little to no remorse and the comments are the funniest part because some people are like genuinely upset with me because I like the darkling and I'm like it's not that serious let's calm down he's not even real and let's be clear. Don't get on anime TikTok, Carmen my gosh. did not really simp for the Darkling in the books. Carmen's, you were in love with Ben Barnes. Carmen simped for Ben Barnes' portrayal of the Darkling in the show. That's why, here's the thing, that's why I don't simp for President Snow. I simp for Tom Blythe, who okay, plays him. I do like Tom Blythe, but even in the theaters, I was just like giving him the stink eye like, you sold Finnick and you tortured the love of my life. Get well, out. now, um... 
Tom Blythe edits have made it to my For You page with him as Billy the Kid. And I'm not complaining. Same. I am not complaining. I said, I'm very tempted to watch that now. <laughs> he's, doing a, he's doing a good thing. Um, But this reel has become very controversial. People either completely disagree with my simping of the Darkling. Or they completely disagree with me not simping for President Snow. Or they agree with me overall. Or they don't agree with me, but they see where I'm coming from. Like, that's the only layers this these comments have. Let me go and look at this. And it's really funny. I just, I think it's so funny. But there's only been, like, out of the 85 comments, there's maybe, like, two comments actually talking about my, my love of young Voldemort. And I'm like, nobody said a word about him, but he killed several people. <laughs> What's nobody concerned? Yep. But since I said that, there's been a couple comments pop up. Um, but it's just funny. I thought it was funny. If you want to check out the reel, go to my bookstagram. It's linked down below. Um, we're going places. And, 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 and. If you're not following, go follow. Because when I hit a thousand followers, I'm going to do a giveaway. I've got a bunch of books I'm getting rid of. And I was going to do a giveaway. A 1K giveaway. So, if you're heading on over, just go ahead and give a follow. And once I hit 1K, we're going to do a giveaway. Um, and then we got an announcement this week that the Eras tour is coming to our home. Um, <laughs> Baltimore is a Hitler analogy. <laughs> I know. Somebody was genuinely upset about the uh, Baltimore, and I was like, okay, let's calm down. It's not that serious. Like, they're not real. Uh, and people. this person apparently does not know how to spell. <laughs> they know. said groped, but it says graped. <laughs> I think... I think they meant to say that because I don't think they... Yeah, that's It's kind of like how people don't say die, they say unalived. Oh, so yeah, I that's think true. they meant to say that to, ma- to mask the... That's the true. Word. That's just... That threw me off guard. You could... <laughs> you could have put a zero. <laughs> somebody commented, and I asked a genuine question, but they haven't responded. Because somebody said there's a fine line difference between murder and torture, I think. And I was like, are you saying that... President Snow didn't murder people? Somebody put in young Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. I was like, when I first read that, I was like, did Hallie put that? Nope. Um, but uh, is it this one? Is I was it asking th- a genuine question about it. Yeah. So, wait. It says, selling out people as sex slaves and killing people are two different things. And I asked, are you saying that he didn't kill people? Because... They're clearly talking about President Snow selling Finnick. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, are you saying that he didn't kill people? Because he sent 12 children to die every year. I feel like that qualifies as murder. And he killed people. I mean, he caused people. He <laughs> poisoned people. This person. Am I the only person who doesn't get crushes on psychos? See, some your, people are, like, really, like, upset Your blood. If you don't have crushes on psychos... You're blessed. I just think it's funny. I I think it's funny. Even the people that are, like, really upset, I just think it's funny. Like, what? What what makes me happy, though, is that, like, people are so upset, but that is the power of books, people, that we can have these strong emotions. (laughs) I could fix him. Yeah, somebody (laughs) said I can fix him, and I was like, that's my person. Somebody, Uh, like, really full-on agreed with me, and I can't remember. One of these is very confusing. Young, a pattern I see here. What does that mean? Young. Young President Snow. Oh, okay. 
Voldemort, but I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I don't know either. You're saying I'm a cradle robber? <laughs> They're not that young. Um, I'm 25. But the Darkling is the... <laughs> okay, listen. I have no... I can't really... I can't disagree with you. Because I simp for a man who commit... Who... In Attack on Titan, who wiped out 80% of humanity. So, I... I can't talk. No, it just is what it is. <laughs> also, like, once... I feel like this kind of spans from, like, once you start reading dark romance... It gets worse! You just kind of, like, appreciate the more mediocre... Villains. Gra- morally great characters. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but... I just think it's funny. Like, honestly, even the comments that are like, you are dumb for... Like, people who are, like, literally right me across the coals, I think it's funny. Because I'm like... But anyways, if you want to check out that reel, head on over. If you want to leave a comment telling me that I'm the biggest idiot in the world, go ahead. Don't care. Um, but yes, the heiress tour is coming to the house. So... I cannot wait. Um, I'm going to have a small watch party with some pals. And we're going to put on our coziest Taylor Swift wear. I am making friendship bracelets. I know you won't be here, but I'm making you one anyways. Okay, thank you. And <laughs> I'll be watching at Disney. Cassidy can't come, but I'm going to make her one. Um, they're going to say Era's at home and have the 13 on them since it's coming out on the 13th, which is Taylor's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very excited about it. Hallie and I full-on clowned over Reputation coming out. <laughs> we were at her house. I honestly I think gonna... she's not going to announce it and just drop it. But, you know, I didn't realize. So, it's time to go. She did play that, and I was like, okay, that makes sense because it's the last show 2023, and I think that's cute. But I didn't, I didn't put two and two together that she also played Say Don't Go. Like, you're contradicting yourself, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. But, um, honestly, I sent them a thing on, on Snapchat. I was like, let me just further my clowning. Maybe she played. It's time to go because it's time for the old reputation to leave and it's time for the new one to come in. <laughs> no, I'm still like, if it's, if what they've said is true and Reputation Tour is leaving Netflix December 30th, I think Reputation Taylor's version is dropping New Year's Day. She has a song on the album called New Year's Day. It's either New I Year's. Think it's just gonna drop. It's either New Year's Day or sometime in February, with what people are saying. I think it's gonna drop New Year's Day. But because I think it'll just surprise drop, like she did with Folklore and Evermore, where she's like, "It comes out at midnight." But surprise. And because there's always the saying, there will be no explanation. There will just be Reputation because I am dramatic. But I've seen people who are genuinely mad at her. For not like announcing, I'm like, be, I'm like, listen, she can release it whenever the heck she wants to. And but you know what? Whenever she does, I'm gonna listen to. And her. people are, but no I think today. But here's the thing: that's what when we clown and we like do Easter eggs. That's what she loves. She loves to do that with us, where she'll leave Easter eggs and we try to figure it out and like with theories. That's what she loves. She said it's her love language. But what I, I, what I almost imagine is so, like, she knows that we were all waiting for that to come out. She all, she knows people. She knows we were hoping it was coming out. But my thing is, I just imagine the inner dialogue of, like, her and her, like, band or whatever, like, backstage after the concert going, they just need to hold on a little bit longer. It's coming this date, this date. Like, oh, I really wish I could have released it tonight. Like, I feel like she gets so genuinely excited about this stuff. So she's doing it for a reason. There is a reason behind it. Oh, yeah. the day it comes out, we'll have a reason behind why it's coming out that day. 
Oh gosh, yeah. So somebody said she's she announced the heiress tour at home to make us feel better after clowning. Probably because it's only available for rent. You can't buy it. You can only rent it. So it's not. It's gonna be limited. And then I guess it'll go to Amazon Prime or whatever. I don't care. I'm just glad I we're wish. getting. I'm just glad we're getting the Archer. I just wish so badly she would do some, have some sort of way. I need her to pull her technical geniuses and I need her to have a way of asking, like when you go to rent it, asking if you went to a concert, what night you went to. And if we were able to say May 6th, Nashville, that we would get to hear 15 and out of the woods is our surprise songs. Like I wish there was a way. I'm hoping that she does like a, some way of getting to hear the surprise songs that were at your concert, live or mm-hmm. not live. Well, not live is the regular. I want to hear. But. I would want to hear Exile when she did Exile. I just. I'm hoping she releases a. I want a live album. Oh gosh, we got yeah. Cruel Summer. I know she can do the rest. And then I would love I need my a t- live album of the surprise songs. Mm. Just so I could hear 15 live again. I would want to hear Message in a Bottle because that's my favorite vault track from Red. And I would want to hear Safe and Sound. Ugh. Oh, I'm so jealous that they got Safe and Sound. I, I figured she would do it at some point because the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes released. Eyes open. She hasn't done that. Which open one's yet. that one from? It's the other Hunger Games song that she did. Is it for, which movie is it for? I think it was for the second one. First mm. one. Yeah. Like one of the Hunger Games films. One of them. They all mish for me. I've been listening to that soundtrack all the time. I know. The District 12 Stomp is so good. The Old There Before is my favorite. Listen. be doing things. Say what you- I can't listen to Pure as the Driven Snow. I've listened to it a couple times and (laughs) I can't do it. I cannot do it. Listen, say what you want about Rachel Zegler, but my girl can sing. She did a great job. And she she did. I started following her on Instagram. She I did too. A video I did too. Talking about the, all that stuff, she all that flack she was getting, and she's got a point, guys. She's like in her twenties, and also she has this is the first like big film that she's ever been in, so she's learning. She auditioned for West Side Story because her friend sent her the open casting call and said thank me when you're famous west side story is the first thing she's ever done that's like movie so like she's so new to this industry yeah and there's also the thing of like it's really not her fault it's really disney's fault no it's really pr's fault because somebody a publicist or somebody should have told her what she should be saying and shouldn't be saying that's true because a publicist should have said hey when you get out there Pretend like you watched the movie. Pretend like you loved the movie growing up. She should have went through some sort of PR training. So that's on whoever her team is. But it's also on Disney. Like, make the freaking fairy tale. Don't give us this new age crap. If it ain't... If you're gonna change... Like, it's a new... It's a different movie. Like, mm-hmm. please don't call it Snow White. Because it's it ain't, Snow White. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because it's no longer Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm-mm. So can we just make it a new movie altogether, please? Thank you. Yeah. Dumb. Anyways. Anyways. They could make it into a whole new Disney princess. Add to the list. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't... At this point, I'm just... I'm over the live actions. I probably won't go see it just because no. I'm over the live actions. I'm over the live actions. Listen, I like... they make a Tangled... I will go see the Moana because the rock's in it. And the girl who does Moana is playing Moana. Um... 
Moana and Tangled are the only two left that if they make a live action, I will go see them. Like, the only reason I went to see The Little Mermaid was because of... Hallie was because of Hallie. So she, her, I love her voice, and that's it's the reason so I went good. and saw it. But at this point, I'm so over the live action movies. I just has some of the ones that I've seen have not landed. <laughs> the Lion King still makes no sense to me because they had to CGI everything anyways. People so like, were talking about <laughs> people were talking about the Jungle Book. It's not really a live action. I said, uh, uh, correction, Mowgli was a real person, so it technically counts. Human, <laughs> it technically counts. But yeah, live action, Lion King's not a live action, it's just a redo of the animation because it's all CGI. But yeah, anyways, alright, this is getting long, so... And I don't care what you say, Aladdin live action was good, but the best live action Aladdin will always be Twisted by Starkid. <laughs> okay. Um. This is all your fault, Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> so good um anyways as far as my catch-up goes uh thanksgiving okay uh me mom and dad did go hiking and you'll probably enjoy this but i fell and <laughs> during the hike listen in my defense there was a bunch of tree roots where we were hiking and they were covered by leaves so you couldn't see them and you want to know what's funniest of all <laughs> On Thanksgiving, I read this thing out that said something about if I was in the Hunger Games, um, I wouldn't go for the cornucopia. I would run to the woods, but my luck, I'd trip on a tree root and fall on another another district person. Another tribute would kill me. And, and lo and, and behold. They, and Carly and Hallie both said, that would be you. <laughs> so actually, it would be Hallie. Oops. But in my defense, it was covered by leaves and we couldn't see anything. So to be honest, I'm one of the people falling off the podium before it's time and getting blown up. <laughs> Anyways, um, but during that trip, we also stopped at Books a Million because we were originally going to go to a place called Greeter Falls, but since it's not rained, there was probably no waterfalls, so we didn't go. And so we went to Books a Million and I got two books. I got The Grimrose Girls and the sequel, The Wicked Remain. So, and then just rep clowning. That's my cat. Oh, and I'm also wrapping up school this week. It's been interesting. I have a research paper that is due Friday and I wrote it in a 1500 to 2000 word paper and I busted it all out today. <laughs> so we're great. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. And today we are. <laughs> that kind of <laughs> reminded me of the coming mom. <laughs> I'm referencing Deathly Hallows Part One when he's um, us, coming mom. Somebody's been making fun of. Today we are going to be doing <laughs> our. <laughs> Today we are going to be doing our November wrap-up, and before we get into that, Carmen, what are you currently reading? Coming, Mom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. Anyways, what I was saying was, it's from Deathly Hallows Part 1 when Hermione goes, Coming, Mom. Some guy was making fun of saying that she was a vocalist. I thought it was funny. Anyways. Currently reading! Um, currently reading. My audiobook that I'm currently listening to is The Next Chapter by Jana Kramer. Um... I should be done with it tomorrow, honestly. I've only got about four hours left, so smack that out. Um, it's really good so far. I just love her so much. So much. 
so I'm really enjoying it. Um, if you don't know who she is, she played Alex on Winter Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, physical book that I'm reading is The Hollow Boy by Jonathan Stroud. Um, last week I had said An Endless Escape by Caven Hearning, and I posted on my Instagram things that I was going to stop feeling pressure over because of Bookstagram, because I've become more comfortable in Bookstagram, and I want to read An Endless Escape, but I've been really wanting to continue the Lockwood and Company series, and so I gave myself permission to put An Endless Escape back on the shelf and pick up The Hollow Boy, and I've been loving it. So, that is my current read. Um, my currently reading is Twisted Hate by Anna Huang. It is the third book in the Twisted series. I am loving it so far. Um, I'm about technically say about quarter of the way halfway through it it's been very good um i'm really liking the series and it'll probably be done either tonight or tomorrow (laughs) yeah i'm definitely gonna have jana's book will be done before the so we're recording this on the 28th um jana's book i'll be done with it before the end of november and same with the hollow boy so they'll be on december's wrap-up but technically finish it this month we could technically do end of no- November part two slash December. Um, yeah. I'll probably make it on December's All right. So <coughs> without further ado, let's get into our November wrap up. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> further ado. She's getting her MC voice going. You're just channeling Lucky Flickerman. It's fine. It's tr- tuberculosis. See, walking tuberculosis with legs. Dill. Walk tuberculosis <laughs> on legs. Oh, uh, I would Dill. be a Quidditch commentator. <laughs> Poor. Be fantastic. Now let's get into our Quidditch November wrap-up. commentator. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Let's get into our November wrap-up. Carmen, you go first since you have more books than I do. Yeah, Carmen in the back, buddy. Let, I am to be fair. To be fair, and you. This is do, normal. You do audiobooks and physical books. Yeah. And you also are not in school. <laughs> but I have work. But you still, I know, but. Carmen. <laughs> Five days a week, eight to three. I know, but still, you're not slammed with homework. <laughs> That's due three times a week and have difficult professors. But I have work. But I listen to audiobooks at work. There you go. <laughs> so, point made. But okay. once December goes, I'll be Tuesday. back to normal. That's what I was talking to Eliza, and so she teaches, so she gets summers off. So she like that's why her reading goal is above one hundred because during the summer she just reads like crazy. I'm like that would be so nice. Anyways, um, so the first two books I have on my wrap up, I am going to read them together. And that is Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So for the Order of the Phoenix, um, obviously by J.K. Rowling, uh, Harry's about to start his fifth year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Most schoolboys, hold on, unlike most schoolboys, Harry never enjoys his summer holidays, but his summer is even worse than usual. The Dursleys, of course, are making his life a misery, but even his best friends, Ron and Hermione, seem to be neglecting him. 
Harry has had enough. He is beginning to think he must do something, anything, to change the situation. When the summer holidays come to an end in a very dramatic fashion, what Harry is about to discover in his New Year Hogwarts will turn his world upside down. Um, trigger warnings for alcoholism, anxiety, blood, child abuse. <laughs> Not Go figure. Like graphic child abuse. It's like borderline child abuse. Um, death, hate speech, hospitalization, self-harm, which is forced um, snakes and torture. <laughs> self-harm is like there's this horrible woman um, <laughs> who becomes a professor and she makes them do like lines and when they're writing with the quill it's like etching it into their skin gosh i couldn't imagine that i hate her as well um gave the book a five out of five writing a five characters a five plot a five spice a zero it's a children's book <laughs> nobody even holds hands well <laughs> he does snog cho chang it's a kid's book <laughs> um quick thoughts I'm constantly going back and forth on whether this one or the Half-Blood Prince is my favorite book in the series because they're both so good. Um, or the Phoenix is my favorite movie, but I think I have decided Half-Blood Prince is my favorite book. Um, this movie is my favorite in the series, so I have a deep appreciation for the book and just everything it entails. I know that the movie is different, but I just, so much appreciation for this book. While this one is long, it is also entertaining and never fails to keep my attention. This is the longest of the series, I believe, and it does hit its moments of like, mm, this is a little boring, but it, ugh, I just think overall it's amazing and I love Sirius in it. I feel like Sirius becomes like a real freaking human in this one because he really is just like, his childhood was ripped away from him. He was put in Azkaban at the age of 21. And just recently got out. Mm-hmm. 12 years, 13 years later. So, his, he never got to really, like, be a kid. So, he kind of acts not like an adult. And it's, you know, it's understandable. Um, I love the development of Ron in this one. And especially the introduction of Luna Lovegood. Oh, my gosh. She's a blessing. You're just as sane as I am. Um, and then, yeah, Ron's development in this book is just so incredible because he goes from, like, literally being Robin to being Batman number two. So, love him. Um, and who wouldn't love reading more on the formation of Dumbledore's army in Sirius Black? I mean, shout out to the DA. Love it. Um, and then for the next one, Half-Blood Prince, again, by J.K. Rowling. Uh, it's the middle of the summer, but there is an unseasonable mist pressing against the window panes. Harry Potter is waiting nervously in his bedroom at the Dursley's house in Privet Jive for a visit from Professor Dumbledore himself. One of the last times he saw the headmaster, he was in a fierce one-to-one -one duel with Lord Voldemort. And Harry can't quite believe that Professor Dumbledore will actually appear at the Dursley's of all places. Why is the professor coming to visit him now? What is it that cannot wait until Harry returns to Hogwarts in a few weeks' time? Harry's sixth year at Hogwarts has already got off to an unusual start as the worlds of Muggle and Magic start to interwine. Um, so this one, there are obviously some differences between the movie, but this one is my favorite. Um, trigger warnings for alcohol, animal death, anxiety, blood, body horror, death, hospitalization, Possession, self-harm as part of a magical spell, snakes, spiders, and torture. 
Um, five out of five across the board. Spice is zero. Um, again, this always competes for first place in the series, but it is definitely my favorite. Harry is at peak sass in this book. This is the book where we get, you don't have to call me sir, professor. Harry will do. <laughs> and I love him. Um, we get full on Ginny Weasley. She is my favorite character in the books. And this book is why she is full of the sass. She is head woman in charge. She's ready to kick ass and take names. I love her in this book. Um, this is the book that makes her my favorite character. Uh, this one also has a lot more Quidditch, I feel like, because then Ginny joins the team and you got Ron on the team. And there's just more Quidditch all around. And like I said, Ginny really steps up in this book. And I just love it. Um, Hermione and Ron dramatics and bickering. We all love it. Um, and then Lavender Brown antics. <laughs> love her. R.I.P. Um, Professor Slughorn is in this. And I have his wand. And I love Professor Slughorn. I think he's Is so it the cool. one that you won from the Potter Collector? Yes. I remember that so much. That was such a fun day. <laughs> Um, and it's the beginning of the hunt for the Horcruxes, which is like, you know, the beginning of the end. So it's kind of a important book. Um, and then RIP to my least favorite character. So, you know, there's that. Um, <laughs> and then there's so much happening and so many highlights in this book, like the sass, the humor, just the, the end all be all plot twist at the end. Oh, <sighs> and we get a lot of Draco in this book, which is great. <laughs> um, plus we get... Bellatrix, like I said, we get the arc of Draco Malfoy and the ultimate Snape Dumbledore betrayal. So good. Um, yeah, claiming this one as my official favorite. And that's okay. All I have for Harry Potter. Okay, so moving on to my first one, I have The Haunting by Natasha Preston. Um, Penny knows she must forget about her ex, Nash. Ever since his father was revealed as the brutal serial killer who traumatized their small town last Halloween, Penny's parents have forbidden her to have anything to do with Nash or his family. It's hard not to think of him, but she's trying. That stops when she goes shopping with friends for a costume. What she finds instead is ripped from a horror movie. Someone from school bleeding out on the floor of a dressing room, stabbed. People are quick to blame Nash and his sister Grace, but as Halloween nears and the body count rises, Penny can't help thinking this copycat killer is someone no one else suspects. So, trigger warnings for this book. I couldn't find any, so I kind of just assumed some. So, there might be more, but these are the best that I could come up with. Um, murder, gore, death, blood, car accident, and kidnapping. So... There's probably more, but those are the only ones that I could think of that I would consider to be trigger warnings at, like, the base level. So, I gave this book a 3 out of 5, writing a 4, characters a 4, plot a 4, spice none. Um, quick thoughts. Uh, as for my first Natasha Preston book, I liked it. Um, you need to read The Lost. It's crazy. I think it's a good book to read in October. It was very much like the Scream movies. I don't know why. It ended on a plot twist, like a cliffhanger. It ended on a... Always in on it ended, and that's my one complaint with this book, it ended on a mid-action sequence. Like, the action starts, okay, and you don't know, do. and you don't know what happens afterward. It 
ticked and all me of her books are standalones it so ticked annoying. me off so much and like i wish she would just have written more like an epilogue or like just freaking finish the chapter like i don't know if she gets some sick twisted joy in pissing off her readers but every book i've read by her they always end on a cliffhanger and there is no sequel <laughs> uh the as far as the twist goes it was pretty good i was not expecting who it was like i thought i had it but then i was like mm, nope <laughs> i was wrong but yeah i don't know if i'll read any more of her books because that made me severely angry you need to read the lost it was so good that one's my favorite the seller was good but i like the lost book but carly has another one called the island and it sounds interesting, but then I found out that it ended really stupid, and I said, yeah, well, no, I'm not gonna. Her books are, like, episodes of cr- Criminal Minds. They really are. Mom started one that was called You Will Be Mine, but there is one that I'm probably gonna pick up, and it's called The Fear, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I don't know, but. I kind of like to read more of hers, but, but they just make me sad. I would, too, but I know that the ending's gonna make me mad, so I'm like, why do I even want, try, <laughs> but yeah. You really need to read the book. Um... Yeah, I think it's a good book to read in October. I feel like it was, like, definite... I think it was definitely inspired by Scream because the person walk... Because the killer would walk around in a white mask. I'm like... And they, like, stabbing. I'm like... And the kills were very much, like, something out of Scream. And so I'm like... Honestly, I think she does get inspiration because The Lost kind of reminded me of that movie. There's an old scary movie called Truth or Dare. Oh, yeah, I remember. Maybe it wasn't Truth or Dare. It's the movie that has Britney Snow in it, and she has to, at one point, she has to hold her breath underwater. That's truth like, or dare. if she doesn't hold it for the ten minutes or whatever, like, then she just drowns and dies. I think it's truth or dare, but... I'll have to look it up. Um, yeah, that was, that was my first book. Uh, definitely, if we do another Spooky Reads in October episode, that one's going on there, because... That's crazy. Mom said, let me know how it ends. And I told her and she said, yeah, no, I'm not, mm, not doing it. Cause she read the twin and she hated it because of the way it ended and the way she described it, it sounded like a lifetime movie. So maybe it didn't have Britney Snow in it. Cause I don't see it. Would you rather? Oh, That's okay. That's called. Okay. That book, that movie was crazy. <laughs> It was a wild movie to decide to start watching at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) Um, Wouldn't do that. All right. So, moving on to your next one. Okay. (laughs) We're fixing to get dark. The next two books I have are dark romance books. Are we surprised? Series. So, but they're not continuing. They're standalones, but they're they're all part of the Hockey God series. Okay. The first one is Brutal Obsession by S. Massery. Both books are by S. Massery, in case I forget to say that later. Um, He shattered my leg, and now he wants to ruin the rest of me. Grayson Devereaux is a menace, but only to me. To everyone else, he's charismatic. He's the son of a senator and the star of the university's hockey team. When all I want is to be invisible, he drags me into the spotlight. He wants my blood, my fear, my attention. Resisting him only worsens his obsession. Fighting solidifies it. He's brutal, and he draws out a sick darkness in me that enjoys it. But I'll be damned if I let him become my downfall. Uh, um. 
trigger warnings are blood and knife play. Oh no. Dubious consent. Carmen. Breath play. I don't remember. Carmen. That. I don't remember. That. Carmen. Um, consensual non-consent. Primal play. What? Mental, physical, and emotional bullying. I'm sorry. <laughs> primal play. I don't even want to know. I don't remember these things happening. I don't remember breath play. Did you? Um, uh, great rating um i give it a five out of five um writing a five characters a four plot a four spice a five i figured um i read this book in three days of which one of the days i read 500 or no sorry one of the pages i read 382 pages it's 582 pages 382 of those i read in one day Look at you. Because it was so good. I devoured this book. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll have seen where I did like a read with me. That's my favorite my video. at the end is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up. I don't know what part that was either. Um, while certain things about the character development and plot weren't perfect, I still loved the book. Um, I'm not a fan of a ton of smut unless there's a compelling storyline and some sweet little moments. And this book definitely delivered on that. Um, I need the little, the little things. I need the little moments. It's the little things that, yes. add, little things really add up. So, yes. Um, and then if you're looking for a good starter dark romance book, this would be a great choice, I think. Because it wasn't, it was, it was mellow. It was, it was probably tame compared to Haunting Adeline. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Like, I don't know why you started with that. It, because I didn't know any better. Um, so I think this would be a good start. Like, if somebody was wanting to read, like, a step above romance, but not full-on dark romance, I think this would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Go for. Um, the next one is Devious Obsession, again, by S. Massery. Um, if you want to stay, you'll have to play the game. Steel O'Brien is everything I hate in hockey players. He's cocky, brooding, antagonistic. I played his game, learned his secrets. But that was before I found out he's my new stepbrother. <laughs> now we're at college together and I can't escape him. We're his demons. It seems that for him, the game isn't over. He says I'm his to play with, his to torment. And he's determined to not only get under my skin, but carve his name into it. <laughs> Red flag number one. Um, trigger warnings for dubious consent, consensual non-consent, somnophilia, primal play, mental, physical, and emotional bullying, voyeurism, and child abuse. Lovely! This is the second one. So, y'all heard how much I gushed about the first one. I gave this one a three. Writing a four, because she's still a good writer. Characters a three, plot a three, spice a five. Um... This book was not what I was expecting at all. I, I enjoyed it overall, but it wasn't my favorite. Um, the time... These thoughts are for the wrong book. Hold on. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> my thoughts got mixed up. It's okay. Nope, I'm reading the wrong thing. That's why. Okay. Oops. Okay, okay. Um, so I... I don't think it was horrible, but it didn't deliver. There were several parts of this book that I was like, that's a red flag. That's not attractive. I don't like that. There were parts that I, like, genuinely was like, no. 
I can't get behind this and never did recover from. Whereas with other dark romance books I've read, they might do something that you're like, oh, I can't do this. But then you re recover from it and you're able to get back into the story. There were parts of the story that I, I never could get back into the story because of it. Like, it just really bothered me that even after they were together, he still continued to drug her. <laughs> have sex with her and I'm like I feel like you don't need to do that <laughs> you're together it was just he had some issues like bad and I was just like this ain't it plus it felt like a copy and paste of the first book the plot was very similar a lot of the things that was happening was very similar um the villain situation was very similar and it felt like a red flag version of the first one. And so I just didn't like it. It didn't feel original. It felt like a copy and paste. So overall, did not enjoy it. Um, but yeah, that's the two dark romances that I read this month. You're welcome. <laughs> Lovely. So my next one was Twisted Games by Anna Huang. This is the second book in the Twisted series. It is... Bridget and Reese's story. Um, oh my, so stoic, broody, and arrogant elite bodyguard Reese Larson has two rules. One, protect his clients at all costs. Two, do not become emotionally involved, ever. He has never once been tempted to break those rules until her. Bridget Vaughn Ashberg, a princess with a stubborn streak that matches his own and a hidden fire that reduces his rules to ash. She's nothing he expected and everything he never knew he needed. Day by day, inch by inch, she breaks down his defenses until he's faced with a truth he can no longer deny. He swore an oath to protect her, but all he wants is to ruin her, take her, because she's his his princess, his forbidden fruit, his every depraved fantasy. Regal, strong-willed, and bound by the chains of duty, Princess Bridget dreams of the freedom to live and love as she chooses. But when her brother abdicates, she's suddenly faced with the prospect of a loveless, politically expedient marriage and a throne she never wanted. And as she navigates the intricacies and treacheries of her new role, she must also hide her desire for a man she can't have. Her bodyguard, her protector, her ultimate ruin. Unexpected and forbidden, theirs is a love that could destroy a kingdom and doom them both. <laughs> Great. So, trigger warnings for this one. Um, gun violence, mentions of child abuse, mentions of death and drug overdose. So... I gave this book a five, writing a four, characters a five, plot a four, spice a four and a half out of five. Um, holy crap, I loved this book. I know I, I kind of, which is kind of crazy because I kind of ripped on the first one, but I still wanted to continue the series and I'm glad I did because I loved this book. I flew through it. It had everything I wanted. It had enemies to lovers, forced proximity, bodyguard princess trope, like, ha! <laughs> it was the tension. It was crazy. Um, Reese has my heart. I would say compared to Alex, Reese is a green flag <laughs> compared to Alex. 
Although Reese still has his Alex issues. Alex from Twisted Love? Alex from Twisted Love, yes. Um, Alex? Which is really fun. Also, speaking of Alex, Alex is better in this book than he is in his own book. He's way more funny in this book. Like, at one point, she calls Alex to, like, helps her blackmail somebody. And he's like, I've been waiting for this phone call. And I'm like, man, oh, man. <laughs> um... I really liked Bridget in this book. I really liked her in the first book, which made me really excited to read this book, which is about her. And she's just, she's so, she's great. I love her. She says what she wants and it's the greatest thing ever. Um, you can, with this series, because it's separate story, it's stories about different people, you can read these separate. However, I would probably recommend reading all of them. If you're going to want to read this book, I would probably recommend reading Twisted Love. That way you have context because there is some time jumps in this book and some of the events in the first part of this book take place in like the later portion of Twisted Love. So if you're going to read Twisted Games, I would read Twisted Love. But yeah, other than that, just push through Twisted Love. It's, <laughs> it's not that great. But you will be, re it's like a court of, it's like Akatar. Oh you God. have, you have to push through a court of thorns and roses, but get rewarded with a court of mist and fury. Push through twisted Akatar love, so push through twisted love and you will get rewarded with twisted games. Trust me. And even get more rewarded when you get to twisted hate because, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was very good. Carmen, your next one. Um, my next one is a nonfiction that I read this month. Um, listened to it, I guess. Um, and that was Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing by Matthew Perry, R.I.P. Chandler Bing. Um, so it begins the riveting story of acclaimed actor Matthew Perry, taking us along his journey from childhood ambition to fame to addiction and recovery in the aftermath of a life-threatening health scare. Before the frequent hospital visits and stints in rehab, there was five-year-old Matthew, who traveled from Montreal to Los Angeles, shuffling between his separated parents. Fourteen-year-old Matthew, who was a nationally ranked tennis star in Canada. Twenty-four-year-old Matthew, who nabbed a coveted role as a lead cast member on the talked-about pilot, then called Friends Like Us, and so much more. And an extraordinary story that only he could tell, and in the heartfelt, hilarious, and warmly familiar way only he could tell it, Matthew Perry lays bare the fractured family that raised him and also left him to his own devices, the desire for recognition that drove him to fame, and the void inside him that could not be filled even by his greatest dreams coming true. But he also details the peace he's found in sobriety and how he feels about the ubiquity of friends, sharing stories about his castmates and other stars he met along the way. Frank, self-aware, and with his trademark humor, Perry vividly depicts his lifelong battle with addiction and what fueled it despite seemingly having it all. Having it all. That was a lot. Um, true trigger warnings for dark discussions of alcoholism and drug abuse and descriptions of medical procedures and other medical incidents. Um, I gave it a 5 out of 5. Writing a 5. Characters, uh, 
non applicable because it's nonfiction. Um, plot of five. Um, Spice might be a two because there's a couple times where he talks about like some sexual encounters he had, and but it's not like super graphic, so it's not bad. Um, probably not something a kid would read. Yeah. But if you don't like things that are graphic, like you'd still be okay with this book. Um, R.I.P. Matthew Perry. R.I.P. Miss Chenandler Bong. Um, listening to this book post news about Matthew was very sad when I started it, um, because he is reading the audiobook, so it was a little, a little rough going in the beginning. Um, while it was hard to hear his voice, it was easy to get into the stories he was telling, because he tells in the book, and Jennifer Aniston, I think, when she posted, was like, no, that's the truth. So he says, um, that he... He lived his life for the laughter. He lived for the next joke. He lived to make people laugh. And if he didn't feel like he was making people laugh, he would rather just die in that moment. Like, he loved to make people laugh. And I feel like that's what this book kind of entails a lot, is, like, he's so funny, and he tells it in the way that, like, you could almost just picture this being Chandler writing this book. And he talks about his audition for friends and like the process of how he got that role and how he like he knew in his heart like Chandler Bing is me and it is kind of funny because now I'm like re-watching friends and like some of the stuff that Chandler goes through arc wise is very similar to what Matthew went through in real life so you know life imitates art and all that but like he it, he was just so Chandler it's not even funny so like listening to this felt like I was listening to a book that Chandler Bing had wrote um, and he tells some funny stories. He lives for the next joke. Um, and it was just so well read. Um, he leaves it all on the page. He talks about his childhood, his addiction, his career, his friends, and yes, his time on friends. Um, and this is the first, like, nonfiction book that I've read that I wasn't actually, like, waiting for him to get to the show that he's from. Because there's some nonfiction books that I've read that I was just, like, waiting for them to bring up the show that they're from that is the reason I'm reading this. And with this, I just, I wasn't. I was just so enthralled in his book and his life and his childhood and just how much he was like Chandler. And just hearing about his career before Friends and after Friends, I think, was incredible. Um... I think it's a must-read for anyone saddened by loss of our one and only Chandler Bing, for any Friends fans, for any just Matthew Perry fans in general. I think this is a great read. I think you'd really enjoy it. I think his story is a phenomenal story, especially in light of things. I think it's important that we, you know, learn about the man that we lost and just, you know, what all went into his life and what he had some hardships, but, like, seeing how he came out of them and what good he's done since then is impeccable. And somebody was talking the other day about how they wouldn't be surprised if everything in his will, because he, he wasn't married, he didn't have kids, they wouldn't be surprised if everything in his will went to charities, because he had charities set up for people suffering from addiction. And so I wouldn't be very surprised. After reading this book, I wouldn't be very surprised if all of his, like, life's wealth or whatever went to one of his charities oh yeah because he was just that kind of guy and it's just so sad what happened and you know we still haven't gotten a full conclusive like what killed him and like how he died so um it's just 
it's really sad. And he was young. I mean, he was only like in his fifties, I think. Yeah. Really young. And he's, that cast is so beloved that when you lose one, it just, it's, it's so gut wrenching. And it's hard to believe that we're at that point in life though, that like we're about to lose some amazing actors. I mean, I've done said, I've done told my parents, I said, when heaven forbid, if something happens to Maggie Smith, I will mourn for 30 days. I will mourn. I've done told everybody at work the day that she dies, I'm calling in sick. <laughs> I'm, I'm, she, she's a goat, she's a legend, and I won't be well. But I mean, you've got Maggie Smith, you've got Julie Andrews. Oh, you've got, that'll be a hard Sylvester loss. Stallone. Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. There's tons of people where I'm like, listen, it was bad enough when Betty White died for me. Because <laughs> I love Judy Dench. Golden Girls. I can't. Uh, Judy Dench will hurt. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of phenomenal actors and actresses that they're just, you know, they're older. And they're <laughs> Jimmy <be> Buffett. They're <laughs> battling pretty much. So, um, yeah. I don't know, it's just sad because he was younger and you just feel like he should he should have had more time. So, I'll be interested to see what how he died. But, yeah, again, if you're a Friends fan, I mean, I feel like if you're a Matthew Perry fan, you're automatically a Friends fan. Um, read this book. I think it's incredible. There is a foreword by Lisa Kudrow, which is not in the audiobook, so I still need to go back and read that in my physical copy, um, which is who plays Phoebe. Um, so, I want to go back and read that, but... It was just really sad because at the end, like in the last chapter, he's like, it's like one big thank you. And he's like thanking all these people for everything they've done in his life. And it just felt so sad to listen to after, after he's passed. Like, ugh, gut-wrenching. Yep. Okay. So, on to my most anticipated read. That's my next one. Um, so... <laughs> The next book that I'm going to be talking about, me and Carmen are both going to be talking about, is Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros. It is the sequel to Fourth Wing. And because it is a sequel, I'm going to be reading the synopsis of the first book, Fourth Wing. That way there's no spoilers. Um, 20-year-old Violet Sorengale was supposed to enter the scri scribe quadrant, excuse me, living a quiet life among books and history. Now, the commanding general, also known as her toughest talent's mother, has ordered Violet to join the hundreds of candidates striving to become the elite of Navarre, dragon riders. But when you're smaller than everyone else and your body is brittle, death is only a heartbeat away because dragons don't bond to fragile humans. They incinerate them. With fewer dragons willing to bond than cadets, most would kill Violet to better their own chances of success. The rest would kill her just for being her mother's daughter, like Zayden Ryerson, the most powerful and ruthless wing leader in the Riders Quadrant. She'll need every edge her wits can give her just to see the next sunrise. Yet with every day that passes, the war outside grows more deadly, the kingdom's protective wards are failing, and the death toll continues to rise. Even worse, Violet begins to suspect leadership is hiding a terrible secret. Friends, enemies, lovers, everyone at Bazgeath War College has an agenda, because once you enter, there are only two ways out. Graduate or die. You could have read off the dog. I've got the, that's the first book synopsis. I'm I know. I'm fixing to read your trigger warnings. Um, trigger warnings for this book. Um, <laughs> toxic relationship. Um, 
injury slash injury detail, torture, sexual content, fire slash fire injury, death, confinement, child death, blood, death of a parent, violence, grief, vomit, war, murder, gore, and gaslighting. Vomit is a trigger warning. Uh, vomit was a trigger warning in Lightbringer. I do remember that. Um, <laughs> she ran as if she was running from something. Wow, really? Wow. I said Lightbringer, not Lightlark. She whiz. I know. It just made me think of Lightlark. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> rating. Um, give your rating and then I'll give mine and we'll just go back and forth since we both have it. Yeah. Okay. So my rating was a 4.8 out of 5 and I love that I put in my parentheses, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why a 4.8? I'll explain. <laughs> I'll explain. I'm giving her the stink eye. That's why I put my parentheses. I'm sorry. I also wanted to put Carmen, please don't kill me. <laughs> well, you gave the four out of five to writing? <laughs> okay. Characters a five, if that makes you feel better. Plot a five. Spice, I gave two and a half. I think I gave it a three. Compared to Twisted Games, it's very tame. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, compared to two of the books that i've talked about on this month's tbr it's tame but i still give it i'm still trying like it's still like yes everything it's still open door romance i know i'm still trying to figure out my spice rating thingy so it if it's open door i give it a three or above yeah i'll i'll change my mind i'll bump it to a three so there we go um okay give your rating (laughs) fives across the board dang it (laughs) um (laughs) Five out of five, writing a five, characters a five, plot a five, spice a three. <laughs> mine's about three to get Okay, so mine's fixing to get very controversial. <laughs> um I knew you I knew I was actually dreading talking about this. So um this <laughs> this book was a roller coaster. Um Amen. Uh my first comment. my auto <laughs> my misspelling it says okay so i was supposed to put going but it put gong Gong. (laughs) (laughs) so you sounded like a door creaking open (laughs) (laughs) um there was so much going so this book is split into two parts and there was so much going on to the point where it was almost overwhelming i was physically exhausted it i would, felt like two books i mean honestly exactly there this probably could have been split into two books i agree with that because i do remember being halfway through it going this should have been two books still like 300 pages to go what are we doing i know that's what i told mom i said this should have been split into two books <laughs> i did i got halfway through it when i got to part two I was exactly like, there's still like 300 pages to go what else is gonna happen i know Weird. um i will say though and I think it took me a while to get through. This book took me a while to get through. Like, there were some points where, like, I started reading. I'm like, I started reading it, and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> because like two and a half days. So I was like, zipping. it took me, like, four days. Again, I finished this book. So, I finished Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. Both of them finished at, like, 11 o'clock at night because I stayed up just power reading it. Like, yeah. I'm fixing to get to my 11 o'clock at night moment. Um, 
there, in my opinion, there were quite a few scenes that I either could have been shortened or could have just been completely cut out. There were a few. We're going to need to discuss what scenes those are off camera. There's quite a few. Can you tell me which ones without spoiling anything? No, I really can't. Um, there... I feel like things were crucial. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna spoil what it is, but there was a trope that went on in this book that I hate. It's my trope that I hate. The other woman trope. <laughs> I hate that trope. Oh, I love it. It adds a little bit of spice. Um, I want to know where she found the audacity. Um, yeah, I hated the person. Um, also, I won't say who it is. But if you've read the book, you know who I'm talking about. There is a character that comes back, and I'm super pissed about it. <laughs> I was sounding like Klaus in my bedroom, yelling, Rebecca! This certain scene, I remember vividly when I read this, and Carmen does too. So I was reading this. My mom went in for a nail appointment, and I was sitting in her car in the parking lot, screaming in the car. I'm sure people who were probably parked were probably wondering what the heck I was doing, because... It was bad. <laughs> it was very bad. There were several moments where I screamed and I was like, no. Um, I like how we see Violet really struggle in this book. Homegirl struggling. As if she didn't struggle in the first book. I know, but it's all, <laughs> it's, it's honestly worse in this book when she, so somebody, I think, I think Rebecca Yaros like re- put it on her story that somebody had commented and said um that they appreciated somebody writing a main character with a disability and she reposted it so i think she is confirming that like violet has a disability like the brittle brittle bone syndrome that liz was talking about like i think she basically confirmed it. yes she yeah and those scenes are like really awful to read because i'm like ah <laughs> the part that happens halfway through you're just like she's not gonna make it <laughs> um the worst possible position you could be in violet okay so in this book really thought we were gonna lose some people I'm not gonna say who but if you know you know um the stuff with the dragons was really cool we got some more this book was very lore heavy if you thought the first book was lore heavy gah. Yeah. i apologize for the People who are going to read the second half of this book. Um, stuff with I dragons. I think it was lore heavy to the point where, like, you felt overwhelmed. Yeah. In my opinion. I agree. I, I stuck with it. I mean, I was I good. agree. Uh, once again, Taryn steals the show. So does Andarna. I appreciate that she did not. She did a little bit, but she didn't. She didn't pull a Jennifer L. Armantrout and continue to world build. And then retcon it. She built <laughs> a little bit, but it was just what Violet was learning. It um, wasn't just continuous knowledge being thrown at you. Um. <laughs> uh, my next point. Um. <laughs> I'm giving you the SpongeBob side eye. Here's wow. the thing. I still hate Dane. Well, yeah. He's. Do I forgive him for some stuff? No. <laughs> but he's starting to go on he's, his we don't redemption arc. Him for old things we give him credit for the new things he's done yes that is where i'm gonna go on this i give him brownie points for the stuff that he's done in this yes. book still don't like him. yeah still don't like still him still has gail hawthorne energy and i still don't vibe 
I don't put him on the same standard as Tamlin because Tamlin's just an no, absolute piece of garbage. I put him up there with Gil Hawthorne. Yeah, you're just like, why are you here? <laughs> um, uh, here's my th- uh. <laughs> I'm not even looking at your notes. I'm just waiting on YouTube. Um, there is some stuff that had me confused. And stuff that wasn't explained. And there were points where, like, we go on this... There's points where you go on this wild goose chase to figure out the problem. But then, at some point, it just randomly gets fixed. And I'm like, why did we go on this wild goose chase? I'll explain it off camera. We're gonna have to talk off camera. Yeah. Like it's really hard for me not to talk about this. <laughs> it feels, it's really hard for me not to talk about this. Because I don't want to spoil anything. Here's the thing. Did I... I'll end it with this. Did I love this book? Yes. Did I enjoy it more than Fourth Wing? No. <laughs> I think it was I a decent... I will say, though... I think I would agree with that. I think I like Fourth Wing better. When it comes to sequels, I have a love-hate relationship with because they're either really good or they're really bad. But And I think this was a decent sequel. It was. I still think I like the first one better, but I, I think mean, that's okay. I think if she would have cut some certain scenes out or shorten them like I said you don't have to cut them all the way out but maybe just shorten them and cleaned up the plot a little bit better it would have been good it would have been good that's what I'll end it with no more comments done I don't know drop mic about taking things out because I think things are crucial I think everything every single thing that was in there made sense for it to be in there I just think maybe she could have like some part of the end of the book maybe could have been saved for the third book if you're doing a five book set <laughs> I'm really also one last thing that ending was uncalled for (laughs) that ending was like the ending of Vampire Academy and I here is my here is my here's the thing I am sitting in my room at 11 o'clock at night I told Carmen I said oh hold on I sat in my room reading this ending at 11 o'clock at night I had to go back and reread it three times just to make sure I was reading the right thing and I, Carmen told me about when she read Mockingjay, she threw the book across the room at one point, hmm. and, <laughs> and I wanted to do this with this book so bad, but again, it was 11 o'clock at night, and I couldn't do that, so I resorted to throwing it across my bed and slamming it on my bed multiple times and screaming in a pillow. The ending of this book was like the ending of the second book in the Vampire Academy series. If you know, you know. If you want to see my full annotations of this book, it's on my Instagram. I but spoilers. If you I was the book, shocked at the ending, but I was also a little bit pissed. <laughs> oh, I'm fired up. I and here's now. the thing: if you've read this book, it it this second book makes me really worried for the next three books in the series because i'm well, like how so can it get any worse everyone's been saying don't get it i'm not getting it honestly i'm really worried here's the thing what made me really nervous was that this couple got together in the first book but granted they separated but then they get but then they get back together i'm like if they're together this early on in the series i the am worried the parts where she like shows up or he shows up and they like one of them's on a mission or the other and i was like are you kidding me <laughs> i feel like she's gonna pull here's the thing sarah j moss has made me not trust relationships sticking through she's given us all drama <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. It's mass destruction. Okay. I'm done. Go with your review. <laughs> okay. Um, so, first thoughts at the end of this book. When I, as soon as I put it down, I wrote this exact review as soon as I finished the book. So, these are all raw thoughts. I feel like I have been ran over, set on fire, beaten within an inch of my life, and hurled from the tallest building. <laughs> That's how I felt post-Iron Flame. Um, then I was healed, and the process was started again. <laughs> I was traumatized for the whole book. Um, Rebecca has found the perfect way to rip out my soul all over again. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, the book was Stress on Stress on Stress, as I noted in detail with my many annotations and tabs used. Shout out to Emily, who has my coffee. Um, Violet is such an amazing character and her arc throughout this book was so fun to watch. I thought, um, really kind of watching her, like, look at how she starts out in fourth wing. She is so brittle. She's like, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just you could, trying not you to could be blown snap away with the wind. Her, you could snap her like a twig. Just trying not to be blown away with the wind like a leaf. Like, it's not great for her. And then in this, in this book, she's like training people and being all badass and I love it. Like when she got out there and whooped my boy Dane. <laughs> yes, I was, was very happy. Like, yes, ma'am. Well, then she got out there and whooped Sloan. <laughs> just like, girl, your brother <laughs> would be so upset with you. Um, this book was never boring to me. Um, page after page of action, romance, turmoil, and anxiety. While it does have moments of lots of information and world building, it is once again done smoothly and beautifully. Um, there was never, I never felt like it was choppy. I think everything was well explained. I didn't feel like it was choppy. It felt very, I don't know where I got this from. I think somebody pointed it out. I read some Goodreads reviews and someone said it felt very, someone said it felt very episodic. I did notice that this, I think this is the fourth wing didn't really have this reaction iron flame has a split audience people either loved it or they hated it i don't think there is an in-between yeah i've i've seen a lot of those reviews somebody posted just like absolutely like no i hated it and i was surprised at how many likes it had so i think this one it had a lot of information do i think it could have been split up into two books Yes, I do. I don't think it was necessary to have all that in one book. Mm -mm. But I don't think there was ever a part that didn't feel like... There was never a part that I was like, okay, she could have taken that out altogether and we'll be okay. I felt like everything made sense to be in the book. Just maybe not all in one book. So, I get that. Um... But I think it was good. It never, like... It never had a dull moment. I was... No. From part one to part two to part whatever three yeah to add on to mine there's this goodreads review that i found um her name's angie cox so shout out to you uh i read all of her review and i pretty much was on the same with her she said she said this book is really hard for me to rate because while i enjoyed the story and the ending there were a lot of technical plot slash character issues that definitely hindered my overall enjoyment so there were some of her points that she made that I agreed with on some of them. Like, she did a... She pretty much gave me, like, a... She said it was a decent sequel, which I agree with. 
It's one thing I will say is I did kind of have a brief momentary thought that like the whole book was such a big build up and it was like day to day and just such a huge build up. And I feel the like battle really wasn't that huge. Towards, yes, towards the end, things moved very quickly. Oh gosh, yeah, it and was I, like that I, was the one part where I said like um, I feel like we missed a chapter. Uh, when I said like it has moments with lots of information and world building. I feel like there was some things that could have been drug out. Like, the ending battle, I was like, I feel like this should have been longer. And just, like, the solution to everything with, like, the war college versus the, whatever they're called, rebel camp, whatever. Yeah. Everything with that, I felt like, was solved a lot quicker than it should have been. It moved very quickly in the end, and it did not move very quickly at all throughout the first half of the book. The first half of the book had a lot of build-up. And the last half just moved very quickly. And I feel like to that end, that's why I say, like, maybe you should have split this into two books and you could have really built it up. But overall, I still think it was good. I still think it kept me hooked. Um, Like, okay, I might see where you're getting with the confusion. Something happens with Violet at the end that also involves Sloane. And that I had to read twice. I'm trying to think. With the wards. Oh, yeah. I had to read that twice because I was like, okay, what's going on? There's there's more <laughs> to, happening? there's more that I like, I want to talk about, but we'll have to talk about it yeah. off oh, right. mic. I'll give it a five out of five. I still think it was amazing. I think it was a, de- here's the thing, like. Good epic fantasy. I would say out of, it's a pretty decent sequel, so mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Like, it, I loved, I enjoyed it. Do I think it was better than Fourth Wing? No. But will I continue the rest of the series? Yes, absolutely. It's a pretty decent because sequel to get me hyped up for the next one. I think if you compare it with other sequels, it's it worse. It could have been Look way worse. Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. All right. All right, my next one um, that I had was The Kingmaker by Kennedy Ryan. This is the book that we read for our book club this month. Um, Raised to roll, bred to lead, and weaned on a diet of ruthless ambition in a world of haves and have-nots, my family has it all, and I want nothing to do with it. My path takes me far from home and paints me as the black sheep. At odds with my father, I'm determined to build my own empire. I have rules, but Lennox Hunter is the exception to every one of them. From the moment we met, something sparks between us, but my family stole her from hers. My family stole from hers, and my father is the man she hates most. I lied to have her and would do anything to keep her. Though she tries to hate me too, the inexorable pull between us will not be denied, and neither will I. Trigger warnings for racism, rape, and sexual assault mentioned, grief and loss depiction, death of a parent, police brutality and violence, and hostage situation. Um, I give it a 4 out of 5, writing a 4, characters a 4, plot a 4, and spice a 3. I don't know what this 3 slash 4 is. That was in one of my other reviews. (laughs) I did not put that there. Um... This was not what I was expecting at all out of this book because they had told us at book club that it was a lot like Scandal. (laughs) And this was not what I was expecting out of this book. Um, I did enjoy it overall, but the time jumps got a little old and my interest kind of waned in and out. I didn't really stay hooked on it. Um, I am, however, interested to read the second one, so I will be getting that at some point. 
Um, I think what really set me off about this one was the narration on Audible. I am very picky about narrators, and I just did not vibe with these. I don't mind them on their own. So, this book has two POVs. It has Linux, and it has the guy, and I can't remember his name. Um, and the guy's POV chapters has a male auto narrator, and the Linux's chapters has a female narrator, which is great. But my biggest pet pet peeve when audible when audiobooks do this is that if we're in her chapter and he has dialogue, it's not the male narrator doing the dialogue. It's her doing male like a male voice. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest pet peeve. If you have two narrators, why wouldn't you have them at least still do their own dialogue in the other person's chapters? Yeah. That makes no <laughs> sense to me. So, I, I feel like I'm zoning out. <laughs> and I don't mind her doing a male voice. I never mind a female doing a male's voice. I do not like it when a male narrator does a female's voice. I always hate it. Yeah. I never get on board with it. Um... I don't know. That's just a me thing. So maybe if I had read it physically instead of like an audiobook, I might have liked it better. Mm-hmm. Um, to that extent, um, I liked it. Some things really threw me off. I think it could have been better. There were some things that were mentioned a lot that I was just like, okay, let's move on with our lives already. We get it. So it could have been better. Not my favorite. But four out of five. Okay. my dogs being yelled at um all right so no game that was the last of our wrap up um next week we're going to be doing cozy holiday reads so these will be cozy books that you can curl up with for the holiday season these won't necessarily be holiday themed books more so just like books that we think are cozy and we could curl up on the couch with at any time Yes. So, that will be next week. Um, as per the usual, leave all your comments and questions down below. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. And be sure to rate us and subscribe and all that jazz. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.